0: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today here at Rethink Life Church. Hey, it's always an honor to have you join with us online today. And uh, I'm obviously joined by some of our team. And uh, we're just thrilled that you have uh, chosen to be a part of this unique worship experience. Now, as you can see, we're doing things a little different. And we are celebrating this milestone occasion known as Thanksgiving. And here shortly, we're actually going to be taking part in what is known as the Lord's Supper. And I want to go ahead and give you permission at this time, if you have access to some bread or crackers or maybe some juice, I would encourage you to go ahead and grab those elements because we will be partaking of communion at the end of our time together. But in the spirit of Thanksgiving, and there's so much that we really should be thankful for, even in the midst of everything going on. I want to take just a moment and share with you a unique experience that took place uh, with my very first Thanksgiving at my wife Michelle's home. In fact, um, just just to make it clear for those of you that may not know, I'm the youngest of four boys, and Michelle is the oldest of four girls. So it was my first experience, uh, not only to be in their home over Thanksgiving, but to really kind of experience the mass stellar tradition of Thanksgiving, because I was the new guy on the block, and uh, so it was just me and my father-in-law at the time, and I'm surrounded by girls, and of course, we have our Thanksgiving meal But there was a tradition that after the Thanksgiving meal, one of the things that they would do is they would um, all congregate in the family room. And what they would do is they would actually pull out a chair and they would sit one chair in the middle of the room. And that one chair was supposed to be occupied by the sister who was going to be uh, taking on the Thanksgiving ring. And basically what that meant was is the Thanksgiving ring was actually the engagement ring from uh, my mother and father-in-law when they got engaged. And they decided many years ago that they would utilize that engagement ring as a tradition to where each daughter would take turns once a year... At Thanksgiving, one of the daughters would receive the Thanksgiving uh, ring, and they would wear it throughout the entire year. And the purpose for, you know, wearing that ring was to really had multiple, uh, you know, lessons to be learned, which was so powerful. But one of those was to remind each daughter of really the the unique and special love that that um, their mother and father, you know, shared between each other. But it was also a reminder of the love that they shared for each daughter. But every time that they looked at the Thanksgiving ring throughout the year, it was also to be a reminder of all the things that they should be grateful for. And so when you think about that, it was a very powerful for, uh, tradition. But I'll have to confess to you <laughs> that one of the things that made their tradition so unique for me, from a guy's perspective, is how emotional it got. Because once the daughter, once the chosen daughter would t- you know, occupy the chair... And, uh, you know, once once the ring was put on the finger, then what would happen is everybody would go around and they would share. Okay, they would share how much that sister meant to them. And then the one who had worn the, the ring from the previous year would share all of the memories and milestones and things throughout the year that had meant so much to them. Was you can imagine, man, it was extremely emotional because there wasn't a dry eye in the place. And I'm thinking to myself, I thought this was Thanksgiving. I mean, it was like, you know, man, it's like the nightmare on uh, what was it on Elm Street, Street or whatever. But I mean, because it was, it was, you know, it was pretty emotional. But anyway, all that said, you know, the thing I do walk away appreciating so much from that really powerful tradition they established in their home was the fact that it really helped, I think if anything, underscore the fact that they wanted honor Mm -hmm. and they wanted there to be just a a, a genuine love for one another and I think it was also just a way for them to truly just, I think keep the main thing the main thing and that is just the the love they have for the Lord and the love they had for each other and Mm -hmm. all the things they truly had to be thankful for. And I know this year of 2020 is a unique year, one that most of us will never forget. And so this Thanksgiving, obviously, is a little different. And the reason why it's uh, maybe different for some, depending on what region of the country you may live in, A lot of people have been discouraged or even restricted from even being able to travel and be with friends and family. And so there's a lot of hardships. There's a lot of things that has kind of put in many ways maybe a cloud over this calendar year and maybe even this specific uh, holiday season. But can I just remind you what the Scripture teaches us? And by the way, before I read this verse of Scripture, I ran across to quote, the other day that I thought was so powerful. And it goes like this, sometimes we have to interrupt the anxiety of our lives with gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been in a season where there's been so much stress and anxiety and just so much tension because of all the uncertainties and, you know, just the hardships that we've endured this year. But in spite of all the challenges that we have faced in this calendar year, I'm reminded in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, where Paul said these words, he said, be thankful in all circumstances. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, in seminary, they taught me that all simply means all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not like in some circumstances. No, in all circumstances, we are to be thankful. Why? For this is God's will for us who belong to Christ Jesus. In other words, for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, God has called us to not only be different, but to live different, and how we separate ourselves from maybe the rest of the world who may have an ungrateful spirit. I think it's really just a wonderful testimony for us to live our lives in such a way where the thankful and grateful spirit truly is a great witness and testimony to those around us. And so there's a lot that we can be thankful for, and I think it's important because it's a part of God's will for our lives as believers to have a thankful spirit. In fact, I was reminded here recently, and this is not on a very practical level, but you know the word think actually comes from the word think? Hmm. Now, think about this for a moment. Think and think are one and the same. In other words, they are synonymous from the standpoint of thinking parallels with thinking. And the reason why is because you have to think about the things that you are thankful for. And so if someone said it like this way, if you're unthankful, then obviously you're not thinking because if you think long and hard enough, there are a lot of things to be thankful for. So therefore, if you are think less, then you're brainless. Mm. So we have to... Make sure that we remind ourselves that in light of the circumstances and the hardships of our lives, you know what there still is a lot to yeah. be thankful yeah, for. Absolutely. You know, one of the great um, reminders and lessons that you know the Scripture teaches us in the Book of Luke, Luke chapter seventeen. There's a, an amazing story where Jesus encountered these ten leopards. and, and we're gonna we're going to um, read pick it up here in verse eleven through nineteen. And it says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out. And they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, and I love this, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus's feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan, Jesus. uh, This man was a Samaritan, Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. Mm. You know, there's a lot that we can learn about having a thankful spirit from the one, that one leopard who suddenly realized the miracle that he got to witness before his very own eyes. I love the fact that Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. And as all 10 lepers literally went running towards the priests, suddenly their bodies became radically changed because of the healing and the transformation that had occurred. Well, nine kept running, but one, after realizing the transformation that had occurred, stopped in his tracks. And here's what we learned. Number one is that we learned that he was devoted to the one who had helped him I love in verse 15 and that same passage where it says one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. You know, when you think about it, we all owe it to Jesus because of what he has done for us. You know, that man didn't have to actually stop and go back to Jesus. In fact, he could have just kept running like the other nine because perhaps maybe in the minds of the other nine, they said, well, Jesus said, go to the priest, or so run into the priest. But because of the fact that he understood the, that there was a miracle that had taken place, I mean, his whole life had been limited by leprosy. And lepers, unfortunately, were outcasts in the hardships and the struggles and the pain of rejection and just all that they endured physically in their life. And yet he realized just the miracle that had actually happened taking place in his life. And the one decided to stop. And because of his devotion, he went back to the one who helped him. And the Bible says he came back shouting his praises to God. And I think it's one of the things that we have to remind ourselves when you think about all that Jesus has done for us. You know, I'm often reminded, and in, in, you know, Paul, the apostle, even reminds us in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. He says, "For it is by grace that we are saved, not of not of anything of ourselves. Yeah. It is simply by the grace of God that we have forgiveness and we have salvation. So, in essence, God didn't have to do what he chose to do for each of us, just like Jesus didn't have to do what he chose to do for those 10 lepers. But yet the one, because he realized the significance of what Jesus did for him through his devotion, he came back to simply express his gratitude. Why? Because he had a thankful spirit. You know, here's what the word thank you means. I think this is so powerful. The word thank you is a present action for a past transaction. So when you think about every time we say thank you to God, what we're actually doing is we are actually presenting in that moment a present action. We're saying thank you to the Lord for a past transaction that took place over 2,000 years ago for your sins and for mine. And so, yeah, we ought to have that same devotion to the Lord. Why? Because of all that He has done for us. We owe it to Him through our love, our loyalty, our passion, our devotion, because of all that Christ has done for us. And can I give you one other little uh, reminder? This has always been a powerful metaphor. When you think about the cross, when you think specifically about the T, the formation, the T in the cross— it ought to remind you of these two these two truths, and that is, number one, to be thankful and to also to remind yourself to say thank you to other people. Mm-hmm. So we need to be thankful, and we need to say thank. Thank you, not only to God, but for also for those who have blessed us in so many ways. So this leper, what he did, he actually devoted himself to the one who had helped him. But number two, he demonstrated how he felt by his actions. And I love the fact in verse 16, it says that he threw himself at Jesus's feet. And what did he do? He thanked him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you think about what God has done for us He demonstrated his love for us. What did he do? In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrated, he proved, he showed his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So if God demonstrated and showed his love for us, how much more should we be willing to show and to demonstrate our love and our devotion to the Lord? I heard someone say that gratitude is the fuel to our faith. And so when you think about our faith, it's important that we show and demonstrate our faith to the Lord. Why? Because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Mm. One of the ways that we demonstrate or show our love to God and our thanksgiving to God is also through our, our obedience. Because what did Jesus say to his disciples? He said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And so whether it's through our faith or whether it's through our obedience or through our worship, which is our response to God. Because that's truly what worship is. Worship is our response to God. And listen to this, it is the password into His presence. I think that's so important. That worship, using worship, is literally the password into the very presence of God. You say, how do you know that? Well, the Bible puts it like this. In Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, "'Enter His gates.'" Enter his presence with what? With thanksgiving. And his courts with praise and give thanks to him and praise his name. So, when you think about devoting our lives to the Lord and giving thanks to the Lord by demonstrating it, man, there are a lot of ways that we can show and demonstrate in our response to the Lord by showing him how thankful we truly are. Now I just want to give you a couple of practical ways because I think sometimes living in a fast-paced you know world in which we live, you know it's easy for us to fall into the trap of being like those other nine lepers. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean absolutely. we're so busy we're like, yeah, man, Jesus changed my life, but I got work that I got to do. You know, I got people I got to see, I got things I got to do, and so a lot of times we we fail to just pause and truly just be in the presence of God, mm-hmm. where we literally enter into that intimate time with him and reflect not just on who he is, but reflect on all that he has done for our lives. And so how can we be grateful and how can we actually show or maybe express the gratitude that we have in our hearts, not only to God, but to other people on a practical level? And so I think there are a couple of things. And one is this. I think it's just important that we learn how to say it. I think it's important we learn how to articulate how we actually feel. You know, feeling thankful and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Mm -hmm. And so we have to understand that, listen, yeah, we may think it. But as I stated earlier, thinking and thinking and thinking go hand in hand. So, if we're thinking it, then we need to also verbalize it and say it and just express our thankfulness to those who have been such a tremendous blessing to our lives. I love what Proverbs 15, verse 23 says. What joy it is to find the right word for the right occasion. And Thanksgiving is just one of those moments. You know, it's sad that, you know, sometimes only once a year we may push pause long enough to actually, you know, spend time and maybe express our appreciation and our love for one another. Mm-hmm. But can I just encourage you to be very intentional with the words that you say and let it be known to the people in your life, those that you are gathered with. And even if you don't have people, maybe you're not able to be with your family. Maybe it's a smaller you know, group of people that you're with, but you can always pick up the phone. With today's world of technology, you can, you know, FaceTime, you can get on a Zoom call, but say what it is that you're thinking so that those who are on the other end are blessed by your thanksgiving for all that they truly mean to your life. But not only do we need to say it, we need to write it. You know, in our world today of just, you know, cell phones, you know, we live and die by, you know, text messages and DMs and all of the, you know, email and all of the you know, Snapchat, you know, all the things that we do out of convenience. But, you know, I want to encourage you to go old school. In other words, actually handwrite a note of thanksgiving and gratitude. Either personally give it to someone or put it in the mail before the year end to let that person know how meaningful they are to your life. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, as a church, we did something, one of the things we always try to do um, is anytime somebody blesses us as a church or does something, you know, out of just a generous spirit, you know, we always try to recognize that. And so a lot of times what we'll do is we'll get a card, a little thank you note, and we'll have all the staff and some of our, you know, key volunteers, you know, dream team leaders or whatever, and we'll just hand write a little note expressing our appreciation. Well, one of the nearby restaurants in our community called Bole. I love that place. Yeah. Um, they did something very generous for us, and and uh, so we actually, as a staff, we wrote them a uh, just a little brief handwritten note. And, you know, that was almost a year ago. I go into that place probably, kids, you not Michelle, I probably go in there two or three times a week. Maybe it's a little exaggeration, but we go in there quite frequently. And still to this day, the only thank you card that they have presented is from Rethink Life Church. Even the ink is getting a little faded on there. But you know, the reason why they posted that is because hopefully they associated us as a church as maybe being like the one leper who came back to say thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for just blessing us. You know, I mean it's so important that we say it and we write it, Mm -hmm. but we also we need to show it. You know, I think this is important because, you know, when you think about the demonstration. That's exactly what that leper did. He demonstrated. What did he do? He threw himself at the feet of Jesus and he worshiped him. He thanked him for all that Christ had done for him. And I think this season of the year, there's a lot of ways that we can demonstrate, we can actually show, because that's, again, it's a, that's our response when it comes to worship. Worship is a response to God. It's, yeah. it's how we are responding back to Him, by, by what is truly in our hearts. And that's also a part of why we give. You know, I think sometimes we fail to understand and realize that giving is also an act of worship. Why? Because it is our response to God. So we're giving a tithe, we're giving an offering. Why? Because we're saying, God, thank you because of what you've done for me, because of your grace, because of your sacrifice, because of your forgiveness, because of the eternal life, the gift of eternal life you've given to me. God I'm giving back to you as an expression of my love and through my obedience but also through an act of my worship. And that's the reason why I just want to encourage you even in this holiday season as we're preparing for our year in Christmas offering. What an opportunity for us maybe as an individual, as a couple, maybe even as a family to go above and beyond and say, you know, we're going to put Christ first in Christmas. And we're going to demonstrate that by giving a special offering. And that's the reason why we're doing our year-end Christmas offering to be an even greater outreach to our community so we can meet needs and we can sow into the lives of people. Why? Because people are hurting and we want to be the church that God uses to give hope and to give life, Mm -hmm. to help bless those who unfortunately may be on, uh, who may be facing difficult times this time of year. So all of these things are ways that we demonstrate, we show our gratitude to God. And then of course last is so important, and this is, this is really the key to it all, because when we do this, all the others fall into place, and that is to live it. So we say it, we write it, we show it, but we also, we gotta live it. Amen. In other words, it just needs to be a part of who we are. It's not something we do, it's just who we are. It's part of our posture, it's just, yeah. we have a thankful spirit. You know, I love, somebody once said, just be the attitude you want to be around. That's important. Just be the attitude that you (laughs) want to be around. And if you have teenagers at home, okay, and if they're near you and they're not listening to this message, Mm. grab them and make sure you get them to hear this statement, okay? (laughs) So if you are a teenager at, listen, this Thanksgiving, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Teenagers, listen to me and look at me right here, right here, Mm. okay, okay? This Thanksgiving, don't give your parents attitude, give your parents gratitude. Come on, somebody, that'll <laughs> preach. So, with this Thanksgiving, there are just a lot of things that we are not only should be thankful for, but there are a lot of things on a practical level that we can do to express our thankful heart and spirit to those around us. Well, what I want to do for a few moments is I want to transition to, I believe, the ultimate form of expressing our love and our devotion, and most importantly, just reflecting and remembering on who Christ is and truly what He means to our lives. Because just like we began at the very beginning of our time together, First Thessalonians 5.18, what does it say? Be thankful in all circumstances. Why? Because this is God's will for us who live in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so in light of the circumstances that we're facing this year, Let's just pause for just a moment and let's focus our attention on the one who deserves all the glory, all the praise. And honestly, he deserves all of the the gratitude and the thanksgiving from our hearts to let him know just how much he truly means to us. It's interesting, the people of Israel, um, they celebrated, the Jews celebrated three specific feasts throughout the Jewish calendar. One of those was the Feast of the Passover. The, the other one was the, was the Feast of what they called Pentecost. And the other one was the, the Feast of Tabernacles. Those were the three specific feasts that the Jewish people would take part in throughout the year. And one of the things that we learned is that in that particular moment, when they uh, would gather, and in this particular occasion from a passage I'm about to read, the Jews were gathering together in Jerusalem, and so there was a lot of hustle and bustle. People were basically migrating from all over, coming into the city of Jerusalem. And one of the things that that they did is they they came together and they celebrated the the fasto the the uh, the Passover feast. And the reason why is because it was also a memory of what God had done with the Jews, with the people of Israel, when He rescued them out of Egypt. You remember they had lived in bondage for those 400 years. And so one of the things that was interesting is that when they gathered together at the the Passover feast, there were certain elements that were on the table. For example, one of the things that they would have is they would have a lamb, a roasted lamb, and then they would also have wine and then they would have unleavened bread. And the reason why they used unleavened bread is because once again that Passover night, if you will, when God sent the death angel, you remember they they had put the blood on the doorpost, but when God warned them they were going to be getting up and leaving early the next morning when Moses gave them the instructions, he told them to eat but they didn't have time. To allow the bread, which leaven means yeast, they didn't allow. They didn't have time for the bread to rise, so therefore they ate unleavened bread to be a part of the journey and their their experience. Well, when they gathered there to celebrate and take part in the uh, Passover feast, that was also something that was a tangible reminder of what God had rescued them, you know, from those years and years of bondage. But in addition to that. They also had bitter herbs. And the reason why they had bitter herbs and took part in that was because of the anguish and the painful years of slavery that they endured throughout Mm. that time. So there were a lot of things that was very thoughtful and they carried out those traditions. Why? Because they were all reminders of all that God had saved them from, and had blessed them with. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus gathered with his disciples in Luke chapter 22, they were doing that very thing. And it was basically a private party, if you will. Jesus was the host of the gathering, and he had his disciples together. And so they had bread, and they had the wine, and and they they feasted. They they laughed together. The Bible um, teaches that one of the things that they did is they prayed together, but they also sang songs. They worshiped. So it's interesting that they fellowshiped with one another. But on this particular night, Jesus even went an extra, he took an extra step and he demonstrated to his disciples that night a lesson that he never wanted them to forget. And he also demonstrated what would be referred to as servant leadership. Because you remember what he did? He took on the form of the servant that night and he went and he washed his disciples' feet. And he reminded them, he said, I didn't come into the world to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many, and so when you think about all that he was setting them up for, he was also reminding them that his time had come to an end. And even though they had a hard time accepting it and embracing it, Jesus knew full well that his assignment was about to be fulfilled. And it says in verse twenty-two, excuse me, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter twenty-two, verses nineteen through twenty, it says he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, he said, this is my body, which is given for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Let me just say, this was the last supper because Jesus knew what he was about to do. And that was, of course, to go to the cross. So even though it was the last supper, he wanted them to also realize that what they were about to take part in, taking of the bread Taking of the wine was also symbolic of his body that would be broken and bruised and ultimately the blood that would be spilled so that they could experience the forgiveness of sin. And so with that, it goes on to say, after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So at this time, I would encourage all of you to go ahead and grab your juice and grab the communion elements. And by the way, which is interesting, the word uh, communion is also the same word that often we hear or maybe associate with pertaining to the word Eucharist. And what's interesting is the word Eucharist, the the word you simply means good, and the word caress simply means uh, gift. And so when you think about the good gift that God gave to us through his one and only son. We're taking part in the good gift, the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of eternal life. And so when you think about that, what a powerful, powerful reminder of what Jesus physically endured for us, but spiritually what it means for each of our lives who know him and who have experienced salvation because of what Jesus did for us. So here's what I wanna encourage you to do. I wanna encourage you to look back. I want you to look back and I want you to remind yourself because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So I want you to look back, and be thankful in light of what Jesus did for your life, the ultimate price that he paid. And then also, it, one of the reasons why we partake in the Eucharist or in communion, communion is not only to remember by looking back, but it's also to look forward. We look forward with the eager anticipation with Christ's return, because that's something He's promised. He will come back. And so when you think about that, that's the Bible in a nutshell. Jesus is coming, Jesus came, and Jesus is coming again. And so we ought to be looking forward and anticipating with that reminder that Christ is coming back. But most importantly, we also need to look within. And so when you think about looking from within, what are we doing? We're, we're basically confessing our sin. We're making sure our heart is right with the Lord. Maybe it's confessing the fact that we haven't been as grateful as we could be or should be. And so as we look from within, just know this, that your confession leads to your communion. And repeat that. Your confession leads to your communion. In other words, your communion, your intimacy it is entering into the presence of God. And so with that, I want to encourage you at this time to go ahead and take the bread. And we're going to collectively as a team here, we're going to also take some of the bread. I don't, <laughs> don't have our Thanksgiving etiquette going here. But um, but as they're passing that around, I want to encourage you to go ahead and grab the, the bread there with your family. And as you are gathered or maybe you're by yourself or maybe you're with your spouse, but what I wanna encourage you to do is be reminded of the fact that as we look back and we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made, we remember his body that was beaten, bruised, battered, but ultimately broken for your sins and for mine. And so I'm gonna pray at this time before we take the bread and I wanna give you a few moments just to reflect to look back, to look within, and let's just enter into the presence of God as we confess perhaps whatever it is that we need to confess before we take communion. So Jesus took the bread and he said, would you please take For this is my body, which has been broken for your sins. Would you please take of the bread? And then Jesus took the wine. I'm still chewing here. Jesus took the wine to serve as a symbolic Act of the blood that would be spilt for the sins of many. Would you please drink of the wine? Well, today, I don't know what it is that perhaps that God is maybe revealing to you about where maybe you need to be or where you should be, maybe at this juncture in your life spiritually. But can I just say that maybe today is a a reminder for you to just reflect on God's goodness, to reflect on the good gift that God has given to us, and to truly be mindful of all the blessings that God has given to us, and to have that attitude of gratitude, to have a thankful spirit during this holiday season. So I'm going to invite you, if you would, to join me in a word of prayer. And as we bow our heads and our hearts in a moment of prayer, you know, maybe today there are those of you who maybe have never really reflected back on all that Christ has done. Maybe for some of you, you've been guilty of just being like the other nine lepers who have just went about your own way and Maybe you've been preoccupied and distracted by all the things that you have going in your life and the responsibilities that you carry. Maybe you have failed to maybe be like that one who has taken the time to just to go back to the Lord and just say, God, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your provision, your protection in my life. Thank you for salvation. And so today I want to give you that moment just to thank him. And for some of you who maybe have never put your faith in Christ, maybe you don't have a relationship with him, then you can pray and you can today invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And you can pray something like this. You can say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner and I turn from my sin. And Jesus, I believe that you died and you arose again for me. And today, by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to invite those of you that just prayed that prayer. Would you look at me? I just want you to know today, you just made life's greatest decision. And I just want to say, listen, welcome to the family of God. Father, I thank you for these that prayed that prayer. And for those of us here today, who just entered into, uh, Lord, this moment with a with a, a greater heart of thanksgiving? God, we love you today. We honor you today, and we devote ourselves to you today. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. But well, hey, today Amen. we listen. We celebrate with those of you that may have just prayed that prayer. And if you prayed that prayer, please let us know. All you have to do is just simply type the words, I decided. You can also go to our digital worship guide, and it will take you to a link there that will also have a little button. Just click on that I decided button, and it will give you a little form, but we also will give you a free download. There's a booklet that will help you get started in your new relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so listen, we want those of you who are watching to know, hey, as a team here at Rethink Life, we love you. We uh, we want you to know, we pray that you and your family will have a blessed Thanksgiving and that you truly will reflect on God's goodness and allow this truly to be a season of gratitude for all that he has done. Well, listen, we can't wait to see you back next Sunday. And until then, have an amazing week. Love you guys. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing,